Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Hello. You've been very accommodating, Annabelle. Am I? We're recording this on a Monday. We usually do Tuesday, and the reason we're not this week is because it's Valentine's Day, oh. and I'm going on a little date with my wife. You're a big romantic. Uh, yeah, and I know I know what you think. I know you think it's silly. You think it was just invented by the post office <laughs> to sell more stamps, <laughs> which is a genius of the post office. It wasn't invented by the post office, though. I don't. Th- that's what people always say. It was just invented by I the thought post that was Mother's office. Day and Father's Day. Maybe they were. Day. Isn't everything invented by the post Birthdays, office to sell more stamps? They invented birthday to sell stamps yeah so because there are all those people that got really rich off the post office <laughs> those yeah, yeah. postmaster generals <laughs> yeah. who are the oligarchs uh. in society um no I don't, the post office not invented then saint valentine well they don't invent saint valentine no that was mm. a that was a person yeah but they uh, commercialised. I don't know. I don't know anyway it's not the worst thing they've ever invented no i think it's a nice thing that's What's... those little red slips oh God, they are the worst thing. We tried to deliver your parcel. They need to sort that out. Got two boxes here. You can um, you can take number one. Gets to try and re-deliver it. Good luck with that. <laughs> we will deliberately sit outside your house in disguise <laughs> until you leave, and then try and deliver it. Or we'll we'll use. Some kind of x-ray equipment. We'll sit in a surveillance van, wait until you're on the lavatory making a bowel movement and make sure that you can't get to the door in time. And then we'll push another one of these red slips through. That's how they manage it, is oh, it? The, the lightest knock in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you knocked? No one knocked. No. Or it's the other option. Mm. You can come to the sorting office. Oh, please don't make me do that. Mm. Just incinerate it. Whatever it is, <laughs> I'd rather you incinerate it than make me go to some sorting office down an alley, mm. not near a bus stop. No. Got to build a sorting office. Where should we put it? Not near a bus stop. <laughs> um, oh, I hate those places. Mm. Like They're never open at the times it says they're open on those cards. Do you find them very intimidating as well? Yeah. I do, like You go in... There's a room, it's bulletproof glass yes, everywhere yes. and no one behind the thing. <laughs> and then from in the distance, the sound of a radio, <laughs> the room where they're sorting the mail and they're all, you think they're all having a great time sorting the mail and nobody wants to come into the no. red slip collection. So you, you're pressing this buzzer mm. and you don't know if they've heard it or not, no. but you're worried that if you press it again, you're going to irritate them. 
Because oh. I already hate you for just being yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. want you to be there because you, you've made them come out of the fun room, <laughs> the male sorting room yeah. with the radio on. And then I can never, like, discern the system they're using. Hmm. Like, if you ever – it's a bit like going to the dry cleaners. You never see your own shirt. Right, right. You never see your parcel. Mm, mm. Just appears from somewhere. Yeah, mm. it's, it's never – the shelves full of parcels that you can see, but it's never one of those. Mm, mm. They're just for show. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then the ID you've brought oh, – sorry, sorry, uh, that's not been uh, notarised by a notary public. Oh you can't God, accept that. God. You need to get a Justice <laughs> of the Peace to stamp it. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, the worst. You have to come back. Oh, when can I come back? I mean, maybe Wednesday between five and seven a.m. But we we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. And this is in sharp contrast. And yeah, you know, I do. As I've said many times, the Royal Mail, the post office, has a very special place in my heart. But it's sharp contrast with these firms now in the hyper capitalist Amazon delivery world, mm-hmm. where. If you don't think too much about what's being asked of the drivers, their working conditions, yeah. pay, yeah. and all that—I mean, just anything to let you know when that parcel's coming. Mm. You can you can um, click on a link and say, "Oh, your courage is eating his breakfast. <laughs> he's having special K. Oh, he's put his shoes on. I, these people are—you t- can see everywhere. They're going to be at your house between thirteen fifty-one and thirteen fifty-three. <laughs> the precise, and then even with that, it's like, but. If that's when you make it a bowel movement, just tell us if you tick this box, we'll leave it on your door. We'll leave it in plain view on the pavement outside your house if you like. Just 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 sign the waiver or leave it anywhere. What would you rather? They threw your parcel through your window, smashing it so it landed on your sofa amongst loads of shards of glass, or you had to pick it up from the sorting office. Oh, shards of glass. <laughs> Me too. Shards of glass at any time. Yeah. Um so those red slips, it was a little detour there. They, they, yeah. they are the reason why Valentine's Day isn't the worst thing mm. invented by the post office, if, if indeed the post office did uh, invent it. Um, are, you, are you doing anything romantic? I made a card. Did you? Yeah, I made a card today. and I've been On Canva? Was it yes, the five billionth design? Oh, I'm coming back to that. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, I made a card on Canva and I'll be giving it to him in the morning. The morning, you in say? In the morning, yeah. Probably in the morning. And you're not doing the whole anonymous thing? Well, I, I do. The secret admirer. I did used to do, like, leave it on the on the, the mat and then asterisk for my name. But, I mean, it's obvious, really. Yeah, I know. I always liked it when Valentine's cards were supposed to be from secret admirers. But mm. then some of the lengths I'd go to right. just didn't, didn't go down very well. Right. Is there some creepiness involved? <laughs> yeah, like there was... One time I put on a balaclava. Right, yeah, creepiness. Okay, great. I thought so. <laughs> Hoisted myself through the open window. Yeah, okay, yeah. While Sarah was sleeping. Terrifying, yeah. And yeah. stood there. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm the secret admirer. Yeah. It's me. Uh, it's a different voice. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your secret admirer. Oh, God. I've got something for you. <laughs> Didn't go down very well, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm making that. Yeah, it's yeah, a funny idea yeah, based yeah. on the milk tray man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and sort of not funny at the same time. No. <laughs> yeah, just sort of cruel and terrifying. Yeah. Inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Inappropriate, yeah. I never did that. No, of course not. But it's funny. It's a funny idea to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. The lengths that you could go to to mm. be a secret admirer. Mm, mm. Always feels like worth minding every Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah. And then here we are. Yeah. The side of that, but no, if. Uh, 
if uh, if my marriage survives until tomorrow, we're definitely going on a nice date. Good, um, good. Got a couple of things sorted out. I, got, I, I booked a table at a restaurant, mm. but because I left it quite late, by which I mean the 2nd of January. Oh, my God. Um, I couldn't get a table till half past nine. What? Is that yeah. what it's like out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So... Um, there are loads of tables available at lunchtime, but it's just not romantic going for Valentine's lunch. Mm, you never hear of Valentine's lunch, do you? No. Um, I don't like having a late dinner, though. I'm like, I'm like a Spaniard. You are like a Spaniard, yeah. I could, I could be eating at 1.30am. Oh, no thanks. That's what all Spaniards do. They do, they yeah. sit down for their dinner at 1.30am. Mm, mm. Like the nightclubs are all empty until four. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From what I hear. Mm. Um, so then to, to fill the time... We can't stay in the house until nine, can no, we? No, that'd be weird. You'd be too tired to yeah, go out. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, you have to go out early. Yeah. Um, I looked at what's on at the cinema, if any oh. cinema are doing Valentine's specials. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the one nearest to us is showing Pretty Woman. Is that what you're going to go to see? Well, I decided against it. Oh, okay. I didn't think it was romantic enough. No, it's not I, romantic. I, I like that film, but <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how romantic the... I think he's a billionaire, isn't he? Mm, Richard Gere's mm. character, Edward. Um, it's that negotiation scene mm. where he asks Julia Roberts Vivian, the sex worker yeah. that he's picked up on the street, and mm. certainly not at this point treating as any kind of an equal, nope. how much it would cost to have her, his words, at his beck and call oh my God. 24 hours a day for a week. How is this ever a rom-com? I know. And a bleak drama. She quotes, quotes him $4,000. Right. He negotiates her down to three. Three thousand. Back in mind, like if, even if he's a millionaire, not a billionaire, it's, I mean, the, the difference is meaningless to him. Well, that's why he's rich and you're not. Well, comparatively. <laughs> comparatively. That's not the way they think. That's why they're loaded. It's, it's not. It is. It's not. He would still be. If you're a millionaire and you're going to pay $3,000. Yeah. To have a woman at your beck and call, his words not mine for a week. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it turns out it's four thousand. Mm. You're still very rich, man. Yeah, well, yes. Right. So, the, the, but that mindset does not make you rich. He got there with the mindset that everything but had there, to the be hammered out. The point is, he's there. Oh, he's, he's there. He's there. He's already rich. He's got so much money <laughs> yeah. that he he couldn't spend it, Can't help and he himself. certainly couldn't spend it. He certainly wouldn't lose his fortune. Mm. By negotiating a sex worker down one thousand mm-hmm. dollars just to show who had the power in the dynamic. I think what we can. Do you agree know what? On. It, do you know what it comes out as? By the way, go on. Twenty three dollars eighty an hour if you'd if, if paid her the four thousand. Did yeah. you work it out? But but no, he negotiated negotiated down to seventeen dollars eighty six cents an hour. That's terrible money for for what she's having to do. Yeah. I'm actually really shocked. I never thought about going down to what it was per hour. I mean, it was 1990. Oh, yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah, I'm reconsidering it now. Yeah, maybe not so bad. So, what were you going to say? What I'm just saying that I think the one thing we can agree on is in the cold light of 2023, is is not so romantic. So, no. you, you didn't go for that. No. Okay. Found cinema showing Roman Holiday, which... Still not sure about that. I don't think it's basically a man tricking a woman and spending a day with her. God, are there any like good films? I don't think so. <laughs> um, oh, just this nine thirty thing. Mm. I wish it was acceptable to just like go to at nine thirty, but watch the film on our phones on the table. Oh, or or get a delivery to the cinema. Mm-mm. Actually, the phone on the table feels less offensive. I think that'd be extremely offensive to everyone else if you had a delivery in the cinema. Please no. 
But phone on the table, especially if we're wearing AirPods. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Means we wouldn't have to have a conversation. No. Yeah. That's a bit I'm dreading. Mm. <laughs> I haven't even started making my notes for that yet. Do, do, do you find, I've not been out on Valentine's <laughs> Eve for, for ages, Do you find, is there some kind of competitiveness amongst couples as to who's having the best time? Oh, why do you think that's a thing? No, no, I just think it might be a thing because everyone's looking around. They're, they, they're not talking. They're not talking. We're, we're talking. We're, we're having a good time. Is there some of that going on? I think we. I, I think we are fulfilling a nice role for people. Which is which is like looking at us and thinking at least we're not them. Oh God, no! <laughs> Watching film on their iPods, on. iPods. Did I? Is that an iPod Touch you're talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the last time you went out on Valentine's Day? Honestly, think two thousand and six. Yeah. All right, Annabelle, did the drifters heed our call last oh. week? We were saying that the inbox was looking a little spare, sparse. Um, did did they come to our aid? They have, but don't stop, is what I'm saying. Great. Oh, so first one is about small talk gone wrong. I think we mentioned this last week, didn't we? And it's from Nia. She says, recently someone in the street asked me for some change and I replied, no, sorry, I haven't got any change, but thank you for asking. <laughs> Today, I popped into Waitrose and the young man at the checkout told me I had saved 50p on a pack of biscuits, to which I replied, hashtag bargs. <laughs> I won't be popping in there anytime soon again. Oh, dear. Uh, and this is from Alexa. My mum introduced me to the pod a couple of years ago and we have regularly bonded over it. We recently went out for a posh meal in York for my mum's birthday. When the very polite waitress asked if we needed anything else with our meals, without a second thought, we both instantly said, no, thank you, and gave a polite smile. As soon as the waitress's back was turned, my mum said, oh, I wish I'd asked for salt. And instead of either of us asking the waitress to come back with salt, right in the middle of this lovely restaurant, which is the type we would only go to on a special occasion, my mum dipped into a handbag and reached for a paper sachet of salt, probably from McDonald's, tore the top off and sprinkled the salt on her dinner. I gave her a wink, head nod and said, drifter. (laughs) The drifter nod is now a regular occurrence in our lives. Oh, I love that. Mm. That's fantastic. Mm -mm. And this is from Gadders. Picture the scene. You're 32 years old. You work at an impossibly prestigious private school in Australia with a strict staff dress policy. You also happen to be quite heavily tattooed as a consequence of growing up in South East London, having a bit of disposable income for a time and harbouring delusions of being a bit of a rebel. This includes a full leg design of a pink ribbon going through keys on the right leg and a portrait of your dead grandparents on the left leg. Side note, it's only upon reflection after this tattoo was completed and paid for that it resembles some kind of unfortunate gangster rap tribute tattoo. You like to squeeze in a morning workout before the school day begins, hastily grabbing your work attire to shove in the gym bag in a half-awake daze. You think that you've packed a long sleeve dress and opaque tights to cover up and be sufficiently corporate. This charade and uniform appears to have so far convinced your bright-eyed students, who are mostly far more intelligent than you'd ever hope to be, that you know what you're talking about and are somehow an authority figure. You're full of endorphins. You had a great session at the local gym, which is helpfully equidistant between home and school. As you jump on your bike to cycle three kilometres up the hill to work, you ensure that you check you've got everything. Lunch, yep. Work clothes, yep. Above average sense of imposter syndrome, of course, yes. (laughs) It's only upon entering the staff room changing room come shower comes the heart-stopping realisation that the tights 
are not of the opaque variety. They are, in fact, only opaque from the thigh down. Above the thigh, the tights are designed in such a way as to be transparent and skin-toned above the thigh, with a vertical black strip at the front and back to resemble stockings and suspenders. This was a Primark purchase from your <laughs> glorious university days when you used to go gallivanting in nightclubs in fancy dress on weeknights and must have inexplicably gotten mixed up in your designated <laughs> workwear section of your wardrobe. Let's do the time <laughs> <laughs> There's no option to go bare-legged due to the aforementioned dress code and regrettable body art. With period one starting imminently, no shops nearby and an insufficient time to cycle the three kilometres home and back, you have to endure an entire school day waddling around the school campus like a penguin, <laughs> attempting to continually pull your dress down so as not to expose the design of the tights and be confused as some kind of lost strippogram. Still chills me to this day. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Um, please share your stories with us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Shall we have another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult? OK, I'm going to start with an update on where we're at with creating the 15th billion design on oh, Canva. Yes. Now, last week, you may remember that I'd estimated from the counter that it's like rapidly going up, that it was going to happen in about one and a half hours time. And I was trying to time it so I'd be the one to get it, the 15th billion design. One week later, 168 hours later, let's have a quick look now. What are we on? Oh, yes. 14 billion. No, 14 billion. 969 million. 300. I can't do big numbers. Anyway, how can my maths be so bad? How can I have been so out that a week ago I thought it was going to happen in an hour and a half? So uh, it, Yes, it was quite I, something it was that. I went out. on it a few days later and I saw it was nowhere near. And I thought, nowhere mm. near. I'm thinking now it looks quite near, but it's probably be another week. I've got no idea. And after I spoke about my desire to do the 15 billion design, Jeff, you said, and this is a big expose of our differences, you said, I'd be avoiding trying to get the 15th billion design as what if everyone mocked it? I'd be so embarrassed of it. Yeah. And that hadn't even occurred to me. I was just chasing the glory. But the reality is my design would be terrible and would be mocked. I think perhaps I'm a micro dr drifter. And Jeff, you're more <laughs> macro, perhaps. And actually, um, Elizabeth in America, she e emailed this week about how we probably all define drifter in a different way. She defines herself as a non-drifter with drift with definite tendencies. Mm, we've heard that a few yeah. times, haven't we? Yeah. It could be like how there are around 29 different sexualities now, or rather labels, they've not just been invented, but no. it could be there are like 29 different types of drifter. At least, I don't, I don't even, I, I see it as like a colour wheel. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. That could be a project that we say we're going to do but never do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Bit of news regarding an outing that I took recently that was neither a trip to Sainsbury's or the school drop-off. I've told you this already, Jeff. I went on a tour of my old primary school. Yes. Which I've got a bit this. of a weird obsession with. When I can't sleep at night, I often do a tour in my head of the all the rooms and the, and the floor plan and go through it. And then I try and list the names of everyone in my class in my head. I can spend quite a lot and then it gets so boring I fall asleep. How far asleep. can you get? I've got up to 14 out of, uh, out of 20. Wow. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe a bit more, but yeah. I wonder who the forgettable one is. That's, that's what I feel really bad about. I, I feel, and I'm desperate to find out, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll try and find an old school photo or something. School registers, did they, I mean, are those things all 
like kept somewhere. <laughs> That's so strong. <laughs> well, my one, yes, I'm sure. No, I strongly suspect they haven't been. So when they announced that to celebrate the school's centenary, they'd be doing cheese and wine evenings for old pupils, plus a tour of the school, I immediately emailed my sister and said, we're going to this. Because obviously I didn't want to go on my own because there might be other people that I know there. I'm not going for a school reunion. I can't say this strongly enough. The only school reunion I want is one where I go on the internet and deep delve into what everyone's up to. I don't want to talk to them. I just want to really like nose about what's happened to them. Yes. Yeah. But if my sister comes as well, it would be okay. I can hide behind her. The morning of the event, though, my sister texts, she's ill. But I want to go so much that I still go. And guess what? It's totally fine. I do see three people I know, but it's really nice. And we have a lovely chat and that bit is great. The tour is a terrible disappointment because in the 35 years since I was there, there's been a lot of changes and it was just confusing. I couldn't get my bearings. There was a lot of like, oh, but where? And it was very disappointing. What, you mean they haven't preserved it so that it's in the exact form it was when podcaster Annabelle (laughs) Ford. That annoys me. Honestly, if you're a head teacher of a school right now, keep it the same you don't need to change it it's fine as it is i promise you and it just ruins it for people like me when they come and visit it in 35 years time yeah i mean the children you're educating it's fine for us fine for us yeah i've got a bit of a problem with this oh go on this whole when people say it was fine for me it never did me any harm yeah yeah i used to think oh it did It really did. What? Those deaths did you harm? Everything. There will be the so black, much the stuff blackboard, about... Yeah. The blackboard did you harm? It might have done. The fact that there wasn't a home ec room and a, and a music room, that did you harm? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to see that. They were, when he was, I did the one at um, my secondary school as well. And they're always... They show you these new bits so proudly and all you think is, I'm not interested. Not interested. <laughs> just want to see how it was. Not interested. <laughs> What was quite exciting, though, was that seeing that my name was still on the board in the hall because they've got boards up with the names of the head girls and boys and the games captains. And I was vice games captain. I do think it's a bit, I know know that seems strange now. And I do think it's a bit weird that they include it's just the head girls and boys and the games captains. Because you're being immortalised, not for the qualities you'd expect of a head girl or boy, like respect, good leadership, great communication, maturity, great role model behaviour, but for being good at catching a ball. Like, it feels weird to me <laughs> that my name is in gold on a board somewhere for being good at catching yeah, a ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, my name shouldn't have been there, but Susie Hurley, the games captain, was out for the lot of a year with a dodgy ankle, so my name got there too. But it is actually S. Hurley in A-Port, whereas everyone else got the full name. But I was surprised that it was still up. Like, and I was also quite excited. And I very gleefully pointed it out to the headmaster who was doing the tour. Could not have been less interested. Okay, he might have shown more enthusiasm had I pointed out a dust mood to him. I stopped myself from saying, but I'm the flying flea. Surely you've heard tell of me passed down through generations of teachers. So that- gonna, uh? <laughs> and then you said Hamble. Oh, Hamble. Ham- yeah. No, Hamble didn't exist. That wasn't in my imagination. <laughs> so that was one low point. But apart from that, I managed to have a glass of wine and I ate one olive while holding a normal conversation after the tour. And as I walked out... I felt amazing because I managed to do it without my sister and very successfully. And, and I was on a real high until something caused me to touch my nose and I brushed off a large hard bogey by my nostril. Oh, no. So that feeling was totally ruined. <laughs> my mind had been great. My body let me down. I should have told that headmaster that I was going to be the 15th bidding design on Canva. He would have been impressed by that. <laughs> I know it's unlikely, but if anybody knows the person that Annabelle had, what she thinks a completely normal conversation, <laughs> I'd love to 
love to hear that side of the story. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, now, firstly, I wanted to revisit something from last week's episode. Okay. You know, I said that I was riding a, a bike down the street and some teenagers started shouting, hello, Charlie, yeah. all right, Charlie, and then falling about laughing at me yeah, and pointing like yeah. it's the funniest thing in the world. And I was confused by it. Mm. We received an email from Lucy Adams who says, sorry, Jeff, you're not going to like this. Just listening to this week's podcast, when I was a kid... It was Charlie Chester, child molester. No, they, there's no way they Cockney still say rhyming slang. There's no way well, they still this, say that. This, this, this is um, this is thing. So, first of all, I should look up Charlie Chester because uh, I know you can't slander or libel the dead, mm. but you don't really want to put that around, do you? It's a bit, it's a bit late now. You've already done it. Um, no, no, but I'm I'm, re- I'm reading Lucy's email. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm, oh, I'm yeah. just clarifying the fact mm-hmm. that... He knows his, the laws. <laughs> you know, Charlie Chester was an English comedian, radio and television presenter and writer, broadcasting from the 1940s. His style was similar to that of Max Miller. God, can you imagine your Wikipedia entry? The, the first thing is, like, you basically ripped your act off somebody else. It's mm, not good. Okay. Got good news, everyone. There's no controversies section on his Wikipedia page. Oh, right. No personal life, no controversies. So we're clear here that even though that may have been used as rhyming slang in Lucy's day, mm. there's no suggestion that the late Charlie Chester was was what his name rhymed with. Did you do some real thorough research? Though, we did just go to Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think... That would be on Wikipedia yeah, yeah, if it was substantiated. Yeah, yeah it's very true, very true. At this point. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Especially because you can't libel the dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then secondly, yeah, I would be surprised if a group of teenagers in Hackney were using rhyming slang about somebody who is he's, he's from so far in the past mm. that his This Is Your Life was in 1961. <laughs> Yeah, but don't forget, run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Come <laughs> yeah, on! Yeah, yeah. It just, it just would surprise me. Mm. Is is all I'm saying about the late Charlie Chester? Um, so that mystery, I don't think, has been cleared up there. Mm-hmm. Although they do, do, do kids still do? Hitler's only got one ball. Is Hitler still? Do people still sing? I think it's weird that when we were growing up, we still did wartime propaganda songs about Hitler. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. When you know. It was long since. Mm, uh, mm. Okay. Next thing. Mm -hmm. Here is why a lady's public toilet is always better than a a men's public toilet. Mm. You're a lady. Yep. You come out of that cubicle. Mm -hmm. 
into the communal area where people are washing their hands. Mm -hmm. What do people think him? That you've just been to the toilet. Right. Mm -hmm. But they don't know anything more than that. No. If you're a man and you come out of a cubicle... Yeah, you've done a poo. Yeah, they think, I know what you were doing in there. Yeah, yeah. I know what you've been up to. Dirty boy. Yeah. Like a poo. Whereas yeah. at least there's that ambiguity for a lady. No one's looking at you <laughs> like you just... Never thought about it as ambiguity, but yeah. No well, one's, it is no one's, no one's even thinking about it. No. No. No, because it's, oh. it's an unanswerable question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if I come out of a cubicle, people are like, you disgust me. Mm-mm. I think that that's the the that, that's the one reason that a lady's toilet is always superior to a gent's. Yeah, yeah. Despite the queuing situation that you have to contend with. Well, this is a thing. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well. Second thing, mm. it's just a question more than anything. If you accidentally kick some rubbish in the street, mm. do you then become responsible for that rubbish? <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know. You've touched it. Yeah. And you're aware of it. Yes. So therefore, you should really do something about it. But sometimes it's disgusting. Oh, okay. This is how I would see it then. Yeah. If it's disgusting, ah, uh -uh, no way. If it was something, just a bit of paper or something. If it's a can, if it's a can. No, thanks. Sorry, not picking up a you can. You pick up a can. No, might, something might dribble out of it. One of those polystyrene no. um, things that chips come in. No way. No way. Disgusting. So what is it for you? I don't know, like an old cereal box. <laughs> And only if there's a bin nearby, a recycling I'm, bin. I really hate it if I ever accidentally kick rubbish. I then feel like it's a curse that is now up to me to sort it out. I would never drop litter. No. But once it's touched me, I feel like I'm part of the problem if I then don't yeah. take it to a bin. So do you often? Well, I, not as often as uh, my conscience tells me that I should. Right, oh, right. But I do do it sometimes. Mm. And then when I don't, I just feel awful about it. Mm. I want to know what the rule was. Mm. But it seems you're just happy to think i'll let someone else sort it out i'm just a bit queasy about this is the thing yeah i'm a bit queasy about stuff yeah okay well thanks for clearing that up well i didn't but <laughs> <laughs> okay quandary corner at the glap clinic here in problematic okay first one is from oh dawn is actually we'll start with this firstly she has got something on the lift button quandary. Oh, yeah. She thinks she's got the perfect solution. She says, when getting into a lift, find the door open button before choosing the floor number you're heading to. So then you're prepared in case the inevitable happens. Any downstairs is I think it makes you look a bit dithery. And I don't want to look dithery. And, and isn't part of the problem, it's, it's unclear which is the door open button? No, it's only in the panic of the moment. I think if you if you uh, look at it calmly, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. you can see quite clearly yeah, which is which. Yeah, but in the panic yeah. of the moment, you just Nobelinis, don't know. knees, close the door, bow legs, open the door. Right, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was quite helpful, I thought. Okay, let's go on to the actual countries now. The first one comes from Layla. I come from a town in West Yorkshire. I lived here most of my childhood, then moved away for university and worked for 10 years. I was still in the north all this time, though. I've now been back in my hometown for nearly 20 years, so to me, my accent is a local one. However, more than once, I've had other locals ask me where I'm from. They seem surprised when I say, here. The latest one was a new manager at work who said they detected a twang and could tell that I wasn't local. How am I failing to speak with my own accent? And what do I say in these situations? Should I just pretend I am indeed from elsewhere? Or do I have to have the embarrassing conversation where I insist I'm from here whilst trying really hard to make sure my accent has somehow not gone weird? I think a lot of this is on the person who's asking you to... I think, like, what, what, why are you... It sounds like... Um... 
I've never really watched League of Gentlemen. I'm, I know it was really good, but for whatever reason, I wasn't watching much TV at the time. Mm. But it does sound a bit like a you local, this <laughs> kind of like weird around these place parts. where yeah, they don't like outsiders. Yeah, where yeah. are you from exactly? Oh, right, you don't sound like you're from yeah. here. It does sound a bit like that. Maybe you should just move to somewhere they do like your accent. I, I w- here's here's how I'm thinking of it. Mm. How can I minimise this interaction? Right. I'm actually from here, but I've lived all over the place, so my accent's a bit all over the place. That feels like a very good yeah. answer because it shuts them up yeah. and it tells the and it sort of t- yeah. and, and they know you're from here. Yeah, I'm actually from here, but I've lived in loads of places, so my accent's a bit all over the place. There you go. I'm from here, but I watch a lot of Austrian TV. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I am from here, but I've been for elocution lessons <laughs> yeah. because I don't want to sound like you people. <laughs> I was going to say three options. So I'll go back to two options there that you could use. Okay. And then let's go on to Katie. She says, my husband and I are classic drifters. My three-year-old son could not be less driftering. Last week, he confidently walked to say hi to over to my, to my over-the-road neighbours. Two and a half. So one, sorry, this makes no sense. <laughs> There's a lot of numbers here. Yeah, I know. I'm a bit it's confused. a three-year-old, two neighbours. What's going on? I'm going to miss out that bit. Right. Last week, he confidently walked over to say hi to my over-the-road neighbours and chased him around their car and then invited him back to our house. Then they both walked in and started playing. My neighbour had to come into the house, ask our names. We've been introduced, but some time ago, and we clearly aren't memorable enough for him to retain them, and then try and work out how to leave with his kid, who my kid had functionally abducted. Okay, it's making more sense now. Oh, so it wasn't that he's not going to... So I think there was something at the beginning Can of the email where again? I felt like it was... They'd, they'd gone over maybe to some retirees. Yes, I totally misinterpreted this. So he went over to say hi to their neighbour's two-and-a-half-year-old. No, yes, yes, Chased yes. him around the car, yes. invited him back yes. to our house. I thought he invited the adults yes, back to the house. Okay. But then I was confused by this two-and-a-half-year-old. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so then they all came into the house. Right, that's clear. Sorry, I'm very sorry, Katie. This was obviously extremely awkward for us. I think my neighbour took it in his stride. He's one of those people who wears shorts and flip-flops year-round, even in the snow. Apologies if you're one of those people, but I feel that's a non-drifter thing. Yeah, yeah, I know those people. <laughs> and as frequent- They seem great, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like And has frequently waved hi to us since he moved in during lockdown. I even knew his name was Gary, because at one point he rang our doorbell to ask about the company we had cleaning windows. Something I think we had them do once in the six years we've lived here and desperately need someone to do again and introduce himself as Gary. Up until this time, my husband and I had been referring to him privately as Alejandro because he looked like he might be Spanish and it was a quicker way to refer to him than that new guy who's moved (laughs) over the road. As I type, that sounds offensive. But I assure you, it was purely through laziness on our part and obviously we were never going to go over there and ask his real name. We were quite disappointed to learn his name was the significantly less exotic Gary, so now referred to him privately as Gary Handro, <laughs> which I hope a three-year-old never repeats. My quandary is this. Clearly, my son is going to want to interact with this child again in the future. How do we handle people who are effectively strangers, potentially coming into our home uninvited by the grown-ups? And worse, what if we have to go into theirs? How long do we stay or allow them to stay before we try and eject them? And how do we get them to leave? They seem like nice people and I'm fine with my son being friends with their son, but this is very alien territory for us and we live right over the road from them so don't want to upset them. Please help. This sounds like uh, a non-drifter's idea of an idyll, you know, like a neighbourhood where mm. the doors are left unlocked, you're in and out of each other's houses, mm. isn't it lovely? Mm. It's, it's, it's making me think you should move, but 
there's got to be another answer here. There are plus sides to your son having there being someone his age in the area. Because as they get a bit older, you can just take them over there and leave him for like a few hours on his own. It's it's tricky age and tricky time when you, no one knows each other very well and you have to sort of go with them. But how do you stop this people mm. coming into your house? Because mm-hmm. it's easy. It's it's easy for me not to go into other people's houses. I'll just stand on their doorstep. Yeah, and they'll say, "Oh, come in, have a cup of tea." So, oh, oh I'd love God. to another, another time though. I'm up against it. Could there be um, some kind of rent-a-kill situation going on? Uh, but the, so you're saying the house is poisonous, but you've allowed their child inside uh, of it. Yeah, that's problematic. Um, oh, God, it's so hard. How do you, you want to do can that? Can you just not invite them? Do they just walk in anyway? I don't know. You do that northern stand where you like stand in the doorway. You have mm. to stand in the door mm-hmm. uh, with just enough room for like the cat to get out, but a yeah. human couldn't get in. Mm. Could you just talk to them through the window? Yeah. I think these are, I think, <laughs> Open the window, let the child in through the window. They're talk, talking. I, why can't we just talk on doorsteps? Why do people need to come in? I know, I know. So I, was, I would invite, this is what people say, I've heard it to me. Oh, I'd invite you in, but it's a terrible mess. Yeah, every time. Oh, I'd invite you in, but I've got a bath running. Oh, I'd invite you in, but there's lots of reasons. And then they'll just get used to your position yeah. being there on the doorstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it becomes normal. I, I want people, I want I, um, not this kind of open door um good old days neighbors can come in and out thing but the other type of good old days where people are like talking over hedges and standing on doorsteps yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we've got to aspire to here just maybe just a shout across the street yeah <laughs> what's wrong with that nothing at all <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Send us your stories of social ineptitude, your quandaries uh, as well, please, to hello at adriftpodcast.com. You can support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com stroke adrift. We greatly appreciate that. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And uh, I'll finish this week with a quick hashtag bugs. All right, here we go. Podication time. Yep. It's not over. It's not over, no. Because Laurie Avadis came to our rescue. Laurie says, hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. I just listened to podcast 256 when you said you had zero podications and I thought I would chance my arm. And look what's happened to your arm, Laurie. Mm. It's my partner Joe's birthday on the 11th of February, but an ever so slightly belated birthday publication would mean, if not the world, then several major land masses and an ocean. Um, when I met Joe, I was literally adrift. And unlike Kate Winslet in Titanic, Joe helped me up out of the freezing sea and onto the floating bedroom door she was bobbing around on. I never thought it would be possible to, uh, to find a partner who shared my love of rare 80s indie bands, art, theatre and long countryside walks, uh, with a nightmarish, if lovable, lurcher. I want to find out more about that mm-hmm. lurcher, please. Also the 80s indie bands. Yeah, I'm intrigued now. Which ones? Yeah. yeah. 
art theatre, long countryside walks. Mm. Fine. Yeah, yeah. But the 80s indie bands mm, and the lurcher we mm. want to know more about. One day soon, we will be moving to our dream home by the sea. Oh, nice. And I just wanted to say how much I love her. Mm. This would never happen if we lived by the sea, he said, quoting an 80s indie record. Mm. Not by a band, but by Billy Bragg. Mm. Thanks again, Laurie Avadis. Well, I'm simultaneously pleased for them, and I feel like I've had my nose rubbed in a perfect life there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everything sounds great. Mm-hmm. They're living the life. They found each other. Their interests are lovely. They've got a great dog. And now they're going to be looking out at open water, which is very good for the soul. Very, very good. I'm pleased for you. Over, overwhelmingly pleased for you. And mm. then I'm, I'm trying to minimise the jealousy mm. that I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Latest edition of the podcast, podicated from Laurie to Joe. And if you would like a podication, email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 